Hi, this is Era, the host of the Tamil Creator Podcast, where I learn about, celebrate, and discuss hot topics with creators from all over the world. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hi, everyone. This is Era, your host. As you know, I've been working really hard to get great guests and deliver good content to you. Now, I need your help with three things. Number one, Give this podcast a 5 out of 5 review on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Number two, please sign up for the newsletter. There'll be special benefits for just newsletter followers. And follow all our social media platforms. Really want to get the word out to a growing audience. And number three, join the VIP Fans Program, where you will get benefits like personal shoutouts on the podcast, producer credits, and the chance to speak with me one-on-one and or private group discussions with guests I've had on the podcast. That's awesome, right? So get more details on my website at thetelmocreator.com or reach out to me at hello at thetelmocreator.com. Thank you, guys. But yeah, yeah you can t- hold your own? I feel like I can hold my own. So when I go to the Tamil store, like if I go to a Babu's, uh, I place an order. So I say, uh, I'm not going to, should I even say, I feel like you make fun of me, but okay. Like, no, 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 no. So see, look, your Tamil. So like, I feel like you have the accent down, even though like, ah, so, so when I go, to, so when I go to the Tamil store, I'm like, oh, Babu. So I'm like, like, what do you want? Like, and I'm like, uh, auntie, can I have? Uh, I say, uh, no, what do I say, auntie? And then she, <laughs> so she understands what I'm saying. She's yeah. like, any rose one? I'm like, oh, Martin Rose, put in, couldn't go, please. Yeah. So that's what I say. And if they don't understand, yeah. I do a little bit of a nod. Yeah, that, that adds speaking. the Tamil factor. And right? they're like, oh, yeah, he's like, they're like, okay, he's, he's legit. legit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I do. All right, guys. Well, you heard a little bit. We were kind of connecting and Tanya, you know, I was trying to like warm her up before we kind of got into it, but she's warming me up, actually. <laughs> so we we're just chatting about whose Tamil's better and obviously hers is. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to welcome everyone. So this is another episode of the Tamil Creator. Uh, my name, <laughs> my name is Era. I'm the host, and today I have an awesome guest. I was pretty excited to kind of have her on. Um, her name is Tanya Yoganathan. I call her social media or Instagram famous. She doesn't think she's famous on Instagram, but I think she is, especially in the Tamil social media world. Uh, just for kind of being authentic, you know, just being yourself, and you know, growing kind of her following and you know she's launched a business as well but I don't want to take up too much of her thunder but at a high level I always like to mention how I know the guests and you know we're talking about it before and I feel like you know Tanya just said is kind of through like a TSA you know some like the TSA world like in university I don't re- exactly remember but I okay wait wait Adam and then you gotta wait you gotta tell them about what TSA is you know you got uh, a worldwide following yo you- not everyone knows TSA you know what? I'll do a better thing. I'll ask, I'll tell Tanya to tell the story of how we may be connected because I, I feel don't like, know. <laughs> I, I feel like she's got the energy to kind of carry this. I'm like low energy. She's high energy. This is perfect. I'm very high energy. So Tanya, why don't you tell the people where we okay. think we potentially connected? I don't know, but I feel like um, it's pro- probably, possibly, definitely through something of TSA. And for those of you who don't know what TSA stands for, most universities in and around Canada have a TSA, which is the Tamil Students Association. And Aravindan was quite uh, involved. I was quite involved. I feel like we may have met for the tsunami fundraiser that happened in Uh, TSA um, during the planning stages for that uh, back in 2004, I guess. Don't date us. That's a... 
probably. (laughs) And so um, I think that's where, where we would have met. And so, you know, Adam then started in the TSA realm and then went on to the Tamil culture (laughs) realm. He became the Tamil culture guy. And then uh, he's the Tamil date guy and the Tamil creator guy. He's just like the Tamil, Tamil, Tamil. And yet he sits here saying that his Tamil isn't that great. Like what, how is that even possible? Yet, you know, so much of that is within you and like part of who you are and what you do. It's crazy. I think, I think it comes down to confidence. I think I don't like to speak in front, publicly in front of people, but yeah. I'm working on that. I feel yeah. like speaking a language, even though it should have been my native t- like tongue, I think that's part of it. I think it's confidence. Maybe my Tamil is better than I think it is. Yeah. Um, my mom understands me there's older like tamil people that understand me yeah uh, but yeah i think it's confidence yeah definitely is yeah. Right? so it's like yeah. when my brother used to pick up the phone back in the day when people would call for amma and they'd be like oh amma would pay the grava and he'd be like amma would and then they started laughing right so that, like, killed his confidence right like he's not yeah. even going to want to give it a shot if yeah. you're like shooting him down before he gets a sentence out right uh, agreed and so, um, yeah, I think confidence definitely has a lot to do with it. You just have to stop caring about what other people think and your thumbnail will just like exponentially grow. Yeah, I think I normally don't, but I feel like, I feel like, I think it's like when you know somebody is better at something, you kind of like, I feel a little shy, say it's Tamil or say it's some other skill. Like if somebody's really good at public speaking and they're yeah. in the audience, I'm like, Oh, I feel How like... How am I going to speak? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah, for sure. Or maybe you have this like overwhelming pressure because you are the Tamil guy. You're the Tamil culture maybe, guy. The Tamil, maybe. The Tamil date guy, the Tamil creator guy. It's like, how can he do all this but he not talk? So if you don't talk, then they don't have an opportunity to make the judgment. Uh, you're not really helping by accentuating <laughs> the fact that I'm supposed to be Tamil date guy, Tamil culture guy. Tamil... You're not really helping, but you know... Uh, <laughs> No pressure, no pressure. So you can kind of get a sense of why I wanted to get Tanya on the podcast. Awesome <laughs> personality, great presence, stage presence. So maybe I'll, I'll share quickly a little bit of ta- about Tanya. And really, I want to make this really more about her as she's more interesting than I am. So Tanya <laughs> is, like I said, she's well known on social media. But recently, I would say about a year ago, she launched a business called Her Sons and Stars. Uh, it's an her e-commerce. Son, her son, son, and sorry, stars. her son and stars, and it's an e-commerce business. It's really around customized. It started with customized blankets, but she's kind of slowly diversified. I'll let her talk more about it, why she started it, and um, I want to focus the conversation on that. But there's obviously so much more to Tanya than, you know, her her e-commerce business, and we'll talk about that today. But why don't we just let Tanya talk, and then I'll just ask some more questions. So Tanya, tell the people who you are, and we'll go from there. So. Um, so one thing I will, I will go back to what you said before about being Instagram famous now. So famous, if you're looking at it as a word in general, I guess in all pure technicalities as a person with like a 30,000 plus following, like, I guess a person who is famous is someone who is recognizable, right? Yes. That is fine. I think you use like a different word that made me feel intimidated. Either it was probably either celebrity, which I do do not like or influencer which I also do not like because famous is technically true but celebrity is definitely not there I don't think you use that probably influencer because that's commonly used in the Instagram world the only reason I personally don't use that at, at least for me I don't think 
I'm an influencer, or like, I don't want to be an influencer. Let's just say, I just want to go there, say stuff that I like, say stuff that I don't like, and be like, you do what you will with that. I don't want to go on there and like, can, other than buying my blankets, yes, you should buy my blankets, my blankets are dope. That is something <laughs> I want you to influence, I want to influence you to do. Um, uh, beyond that, I just want to give like my genuine opinion, like this musician is awesome. You can check them out. Like you should check them out, but you do with that what you well kind of thing I feel like having yeah I'll only add I I agree with you I don't like the term influencer I feel like it's thrown around a lot but technically an influencer is somebody who influences and I feel like you have an audience like you might not think it's large but it's larger than most people oh absolutely and also you're very authentic and you share your opinions on various topics and to a fault (laughs) and and you might influence whether you think it's good or bad somebody's opinion of something so whether i think you i think i think you did like an insta live with um oh my goodness uh dr kanna yeah you did with kanna and like it was really around like kind of covid and like misconceptions all that so i i agree with you i don't like that term influencer but you are i guess the correct term is you are well known in the town And you do have influence. So I would say you're an influencer, but I would say you do potentially have influence over like a significant population. (laughs) So aside from me dissecting grammar and terminology, (laughs) um, I guess I started on Instagram a long time ago, maybe about 2015. So about six years for my own page. But um, my husband runs a photography company. He's a wedding photographer. His name is Impressions by Anood. We started on that account probably about 10 years ago. And Sorry, fun made- fact. Sorry, fun fact about Anuj, by the way, for the for those of you listening. <laughs> Y'all know he, each other too. Yeah, I know him from high school, but high also school. he also, yeah, from high school. And yeah. he also helped shoot my wedding as well. I don't know if you knew that. That is right. Yes, that yes. is right. That's yes. right. You you booked Vipu, right? Odin? Yes. Yes. Yeah, but I knew shot with her. It was crazy. Of- I got two amazing <laughs> photographers. I was like, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that is good. Um, yeah, so we started um Impressions by Nuj back in 20, I think we had an account in like 2012. And so back then we did kind of personal and business on the same page. And then after a couple of years, we're like, okay, we probably need to separate it. And then Um, I started my own page up until last year, like you said, I started my business, which is Her Sun and Stars, a customization business. We have kind of different gifts uh, you can get for yourself or for someone that you love. We have blankets, uh, cutting boards, baby blocks. There's a lot. It's kid centric, but not kid exclusive. I would say there's a lot of uh, products in there that can be for adults as well. Um, I don't want to try to influence you guys, but I'm going to get those. (laughs) those blocks i've been waiting for them so i will be placing an order so out of and then the influencer <laughs> um a question i had for you when yeah. you first told me about this business i think you were kind of you did the pre-launch you're kind of building a buzz towards it mm. and then when i found it was a customization business i thought two things i was like number one smart because it's hard so when i think something's hard i think there's a barrier to entry so less people will try to do it but yeah. two, you said you had processes kind of set up so that the customization part wouldn't be as difficult as, you know, once you kind of got things rolling. So I'm very curious, like, what made you want to do customization and how, what are these processes, if you're allowed to share anything? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, like, so the re- what made me want to do customization, I guess. 
what happened was I had personalized, I had purchased personalized blankets for my kids, right? And I think my daughter was napping and she had her blanket on her and I was gushing over my adorable child. And I was like looking at the blanket and I was like, you know, it, it was, I think a floral pattern or something. And I was like, man, I really wish that I could, I, you know, one of my signature designs is the Karthi Gepu, right? Very, very important um, to a lot of um, Tamil people who are from the Northeast of Sri Lanka. And so I was like, you know, I would have loved if I had that option. And, um, you know, instead of her name Meenakshi in English, since it is a Tamil name, I would have loved to have it in Tamil. And then I stopped and I thought, I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. Someone should do that. And um, that actually brought me back to something that happened with my cousins. So we were together, together at a cottage. Actually, this is funny because this is something I wanted to talk to you about because this was my answer that I said in my Tamil culture interview, but it has since evolved and I'll tell you why. Okay. So okay. I was um, with my cousins at the cottage. Somebody like spilled water or something and one person was like, oh, someone should go get a sponge. And, you know, cousins will be straight up with each other. And my other cousin was like, why someone? Why don't you go do it? Right. And that's so like, it kind of just stuck with me, right? Like why, why did she say, oh, someone should get a sponge? Why didn't she just get up and get a sponge if she knows that it was needed? And so right when I looked at my daughter, I was like, and I was like, oh, you know, that would be a really good business idea. Someone should do that. I, that, that memory kind of came back and like triggered in my mind. And I was like, wait, why someone, why not you? Right. And so like, my cousin is not mushy gushy at all, but like right before the launch of the business, I called him up. This is like a year and a half after this incident happened. And I was just like, oh my God, thank you. Without you, I probably would never have started this business. That one moment made a huge difference. And he kind of rolled his eyes completely at me, wondering why I'm making such a mountain out of a molehill. And then just about a week ago or two weeks ago, do you know the show Curb Your Enthusiasm? It's a show on HBO. No, I've heard about it, but I've, I have, I, it's like The Office. It's like a show that I've heard about. People watch it, but you I have not. You no. have not seen me at all. No, That's, I, the I office. had a certain opinion of you before that <laughs> opinion, and it's just gone down now. And I'm listening. I'm just my mic for whatever reason. Got, it's not uh, saying so. It's, uh, sorry, one second. No, that's fine. I don't want to seem like I'm distracted. It's just like, why did it? But why? you are distracted. I am distracted <laughs> because the mic was falling and I was like, this is awkward. That's not good. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. So Parks and Rec. Uh, no, you said no. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. Curb Your Enthusiasm. So Curb Your Enthusiasm is a show created by Larry David, who was one of the co-creators of Seinfeld. Yes. Great show. That's a great, that's like one of my favorite shows. Okay, so if Seinfeld's one of your favorite shows, you should watch Curb Your Enthusiasm because it's made by the same creator. He acts and talks just like Jerry Seinfeld, but also it's kind of like Seinfeld, but rated R. Like they swear they show a bit of a bit did, of nudity. Did you like Seinfeld? I love Seinfeld. Okay. If we're gonna have a Seinfeld versus Friends <laughs> conversation and you go one way, like this, this podcast <laughs> is done and over. Wait, wait, wait. Before we I get heated debates in my DMs about my hatred and loathing of the Friends show. Before we go and you explain the story, because I want to hear the story. <laughs> What's your favorite Seinfeld episode of all time? Ooh, um, the Sidler, maybe. I think it's an under uh, underrated one. Or the beach. No, the beach. The um, like the marine biologist one. The beach. Uh, where, I don't remember that one. Which one is where, that? 
George pretends to. Oh, um, yes, yes. The marine yes. biologist. Yes, yes, yes. The golf on the beach and Calvin Klein. And that was such a great one. The nose picking and everything. Really. So many, so many great concepts. Like I remember the butt man, I think, or the butt man. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. And then the, the whole concept of the, um, what do they call it? Uh, you know, in the pair, you know, like the distance between the parents, like what? They, oh, the buffer zone. The that buffer was a, zone. The buffer that was zone. Yes. That was a great one. Yeah, a lot of the ones with um, George's parents are fantastic, or the one any anyone with Newman um, yes. are phenomenal as well. Yes. So this is exactly like that. So you know how the premise of Seinfeld is there for like completely different stories that somehow at the end come together so brilliantly and perfectly yes, yes. it's the exact same thing it's like Larry David got bored after being retired for a while and decided to just start up the, the exact same show again Interesting. it's so smart so funny you should definitely watch it anyways my cousin that same cousin um who said all that was the one who put me onto curb like a decade and a half like when it first came out okay I watched it whatever now that um now that you know i work a lot at night or whatever i need something to play in the background so i usually watch shows that are things that i've seen before because if it's something new you kind of have to pay more attention so it needs to be something that i've seen before and um i was watching it and literally that exact scene happens in curb your enthusiasm somebody spills water <laughs> and the mother-in-law says oh someone should get a sponge and larry david is there he's like why someone why not you and i was like this whole time i gave my cousin credit for and he was the one who put me onto curb <laughs> i mean <laughs> he, he but like he took the thing and he applied it but still i actually owe my whole business to larry david so if you're listening to this larry david thank you for that show and for putting that in we're gonna there. we're gonna tag him for sure that's we're gonna him. tag him we're gonna put we're gonna put him uh we're gonna send this to him and send it to his manager he, and if you listen he's gonna get a customized blanket with his name in tamil mm-hmm Larry David, I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so that was basically why I started. Um, sometimes people will like send me DMs and be like, you know, I really want to start a business. I just don't know what I want to do. <laughs> they just know I want to do a business. And so what I tell them is think about what you complain about in a day. Just like wake up in the morning and just kind of track your thoughts for a day and then write down anything that kind of annoys you um, or anything is like, why don't they do this? Or why don't they have this? And those are really great starting points. Uh, then you go home and Google and realize half of them probably do have a <laughs> it doesn't, You know, like now everyone can kind of has the opportunity to grow quickly because we have so many resources available to us. But um I think that, yeah, following along what uh, you complain about can really help gain ideas for how you want to build a business. Or the other thing that you can do is look at businesses that you really like and find a gap, a gap in the market um, or a gap in a community that doesn't have it. So I kind of did both, I think, um, you know, personalized blankets have been around for well over a decade, but it was typically like a white person Etsy thing. <laughs> um, and so I brought it over to a South Asian community. I don't, I personally don't know of many or any um, other uh, brands like this that, that are South Asian owned for like personalized blankets. That was my first product, but also I took 
something that I was complaining about, right? Like I didn't have designs that were personalized to my culture, to my religious uh, culture, my heritage and my language. And so I think I took both. I found a gap in the market and I found a like something that annoyed me and then I did something about it. So I think those are like the best ways to come up with ideas for a business if you're looking to create a business. I know you make it seem very easy that you took that step. So you said like in that episode, it's like, why don't somebody deal? Why, why don't that person be you? Literally. But the fact that you did it, I don't know. I feel like you're understating yourself because I've been around a lot of people that say, oh, I want to do this or that. But like I talked to them a year later, two years later, and that thing, yeah. that's a big issue. They still haven't done anything. And, you know, to each their own, maybe like it was a fleeting thought. But yeah. you actually took this, whatever, like this interaction, this thought, and you turn into action. Like, I, I feel like you're unconsciously, you maybe just did it without knowing. But what made you like actually take that step? And like, like, you know, there's a lot of work. Like you have to build a site. You have to like create all these processes. It's not easy doing what you did. So there yeah. must have been like a motivation to kind of do all this work. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't think initially I ever thought of myself going into full-fledged entrepreneurship. This always was, oh yeah. And that's another thing that um, we can build on from my Tumble Culture interview literally like two months ago. (laughs) A few things have changed. So one of the questions, um, I don't even know if you were planning on getting into this, but I'll I'll talk about it now. Is that cool? Talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, one of your questions was, do you have any plans to uh, take this on full time? And I was like, oh, that's like ridiculous. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's not a smart financial decision. Uh, my last day of work was actually last Wednesday. <laughs> what? So, Are you- yeah, I had it for my two weeks, like two and a half weeks ago. And so, yeah, I, I've been like self-employed for almost a week now, I guess you could that's say. That's crazy. Because- I've never actually said that. Like I, I haven't even announced it on my social media. So if you heard it here first. All right, we're gonna we're gonna use this in the teaser. We're gonna use this in the teaser. <laughs> but it's crazy because literally, I think when I read your like your answer, yeah. I was like, oh, like oh, okay. That means that she, she's sense. like, it's like a very like rational answer. I understand. She's like, nope, not gonna consider it at all. And yeah. literally and two months later, you like two months it's later. Been a, it's been a week since you've been like self-employed. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like a bad decision in a lot of ways, in the sense that you know we're in the middle of pandemic. I had a full-time job and I had a pretty successful like we're doing all right shop going right um and another reason why it you know it's a good idea is because as I said my husband is also self-employed he is a wedding photographer in an industry that has been heavily impacted by COVID um you know like just about every wedding he had last year was either completely canceled or postponed to this year and now excuse me, you know, he had, I don't even remember how many planned for May that are all getting pushed. And yet we still did it. So, um, and believe it or not, I was on such a roll for sales in the month of March. And then I had it in my two weeks. And I kid you not, I had the longest dry spell for sales, like directly after that happened. And I cannot tell you the amount of guilt and uh, regret and fear I sat in for about seven or eight days. And like, I d- it doesn't seem that long to an average person. Like, okay, you felt bad for a week. But like, like when I say dread, I was like drenched and swimming in it because this was 
like it was almost all on me. And then I, you know, I took a chance on me and literally that day was like the beginning of a dry spell. And like March was one of the best months that I had ever had. And then like right when it happened or like just before my, like just before I handed it in was like literally best month by far. And then just like, boom, dry spell for so long. Let me dig into that further just because yeah. um, you're both, I guess you and Anoj are both entrepreneurial in a way because he has a wedding business. You have an e-commerce yeah. business. Yeah. So like you said, they're both variable incomes. And you, guys, yeah. and you guys have two kids and you, guys have, you live in a home. So you have all these fixed expenses. How did you guys come to an agreement? Like, how do you guys decide, make a decision like that together? So I'll give you the example, like with like my wife, where since we got married, like even before that, she was always risk adverse. I was always risk on. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a constant battle of kind of explaining my position. She was like, the first person, like almost like my first investor in a way where I had to convince her, hey, like here's the life choices I want to make. And then I had to get her on board. So there's certain compromises I had to make until I got to a point where I could focus on my business full time. Yeah. Um, but that took like a lot of time, a lot of disagreement, a lot of like more 100%. pain than I can, like not pain in a bad way, but yeah, like, no, in a no, good I way. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about like that process for you guys, you know, whatever you want to share. I was pretty fortunate in that factor because I was the Adivin then and okay. then it was the Claudia, in, but in the sense that I was always like, let's go for it, right? Even for uh, Anu with photography, he um, he was kind of on the fence. And then I was like, and he, he was a full-time accountant. He was a senior accountant. He graduated in finance. He did the whole thumb up thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. he, did, he did it right. And then, um, you know, he wasn't happy in his job. And then I was like, why are you doing it? Right? Like, if you're not happy, you spend more time at work and at your office than you do with us at, or like, you know, when I said us, it's me and my dog at that point. But like, <laughs> you know, if you're not happy, what, what is it all for? Right. And so he, and, and, and then he started up and it was fine because I had my full-time job and I was like, I, I think it a lot has, it, a lot of it has to do with, like you said before, confidence, right? Like I, I had absolute confidence that he would do well. I, you know, there's no denying he is an extremely talented photographer. Yeah. Uh, he is a very nice guy. I, uh, you know, so customer service wise, just making sure he's, that he's, he's, he's also easy on the eyes, but continue, which, which certainly helps for a photographer, <laughs> um, but yes, he is easy on the eyes, but, um, no, I, I knew that he had the skill and the talent to succeed on the photography front, front and I was confident in my ability to run the business. So um, in the beginning for the first few years, up until I was five months pregnant with um, the last time I shot a wedding, I was five months pregnant with Abjanan. And, um, you know, I shot with him. So I knew that I could keep us on track in the beginning. Um, I knew that I could, you know, I, I get along pretty well with people and I could talk to brides and I'm very organized. A lot of them loved how I would give them like tips and insider info and be like, don't do this and you better do this now or else you're going to regret it. Um, so I knew I had, I had a lot of confidence in us, basically. I, I didn't really worry about being able to do it successfully. Um, did I think that it might take some time? Yeah, sure. But I also had, as I said, confidence in us. And we also had my full-time income 
steady income coming in. So, um, but he actually quit after getting two paid weddings and that was it. And then I was just like, okay, just quit. Like <laughs> I, I told him to quit before, but he's just like, no, no, no. And I was like, no, we got two. We got it. It's in the bag. Let's do it. <laughs> and then, that's awesome. And that was it. So um, me having to convince him to quit was even harder than me having to convince him for me to quit surprisingly, even though we're in the middle of pandemic, blah, blah, blah. Um, I also was not the happiest at my job. Um, when I went on mat leave with Meenakshi, uh, they did a reorg. I used to be an advisor in an analytics group. And then, um, I, and I worked for a crown corporation of the provincial government. And so I was in the analytics group. I was an advisor. I loved my work. I used to like, you know, look, pour over data and just make advice, like give advice, be like, no, we should do this. No, this is a bad idea. Or, you know, organize it in a nicer way or a digestible way. Right. We would make like infographics and stuff for people who don't care about the nitty gritty and be like, if you do this, this will happen. If you do this, this will happen. And so um, that was my job before. And then during my mat leave, there was like a new CEO shift. And then they always do a full reorg of the company and our group kind of got split up and I moved into a different group and I feel like they didn't really know what to do with me. So for like a full, and, and you know, I went back in December of 2019 um, and December, nothing happened. So essentially January, 2020, and then we were out of the office by March 13th or whatever it was, 2021. I'm sorry, 2020, just two months later. So I didn't even really get into a groove with my group before we went on uh, quarantine. Or not quarantine, but work from home, whatever it is. And so I don't think I ever really found my groove within that group. My boss was really nice. I had no like issues. My team was really good, hardworking, but I just, I didn't feel good like I didn't feel like super happy super motivated and I like that feeling um, as a person who built one business and then started another as you can imagine I need fulfillment in my work and so I had already started her sun and stars and then I guess it was just like no I'm done like I, I just want to spend that time working on something that I'm much more passionate about and if I dedicate that time I think that my business will be more successful and since the one week that you've kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, it's been, been like off. Four, three days, five days, oh, three, three days. business days. But how did you feel like that first day when you were supposed to be doing your other, like, you know, what would have been your normal nine to five job? Yeah. And you're working on your business instead. How, what did that feel like? What did that, what was that first day like? I don't, I wish I could give you this really inspiring answer of like, weight lifted off my shoulders this feels amazing but I think I was just too concentrated on making proofs that I didn't really let I'm unfortunately I'm a person who had like this really long list of like milestones mm. and I realized up until I handed in my two weeks I would just put down the date that I fulfilled that milestone, like, you know, hit a thousand followers on Instagram, got my first sale out of the country, got my first, you know, whatever it is, right? Uh, got my first celebrity shout out, yeah. you know? like, like all of those have dates on them. And I never, it was just like, you check it off and I just moved on. It almost doesn't, didn't really register. And I think that's a bad habit. I think like, 
I have a friend who really said that I should celebrate all of the milestones, no matter how small it was. And so one thing, I, I think more than the first full day off or out, um, the day that I had it in my two weeks was far more of a, of a weight lift for me than anything. Yeah, I think that's, and it was huge. It was monumental. There was two things that happened that day and I can't, oh, it was a sales target. I hit a pretty mm. good sales target that day too. See, that's the thing. I had it in my two weeks it was <laughs> per, and I literally hit a sales target that day. And it was like mind blowing. I was so happy, so proud of myself. And I was like, that day I bought myself, I bought myself a little <laughs> cake, a little one person size cake and I enjoyed it. And then like I went on a dry spell and got zero sales for a while. It's like, did you just make the biggest regret? Like, did you just do the dumbest thing ever? I feel like that's what entrepreneurship is. I feel like it's this constant mm -hmm. journey of, oh yeah, that was amazing. And then like, like twice as many of those lows were like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why don't I just get a job? Like, why am I? Yeah, doing totally. that's, what I that's what I feel about entrepreneurship. Um, as you're talking, I thought of two things. So you talked about mm -hmm. confidence um, mm -hmm. and like, actually, no, first thing I want to talk about is we talked about it off here, but I want to talk, I want you to like talk about it here. You talked about milestones yeah and you talked about your first celebrity shout out <laughs> let's 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 hit on that because that's a big one and she's and she's a big one in our in the, in the global i know family. i love her and in your tamil culture article you actually it was so funny because i reread the article i was like you mentioned her as one of the people that you admired and i was like yeah i did wow two months later she got a shout out from her so let's talk I about that about maitri ramakrishna <laughs> uh, i love her um yeah, I mean, I just woke up and it was like the best way to wake up. I heard, um, I think she was shooting in LA when the package got to her. And then somebody, you know, we actually have a mutual friend who I'm, I love dearly. I'm not going to say who it is because then y'all be harassing her or not like the the people would might be. And so uh, we have a mutual friend who is amazing and um, just was like the middleman who who got it for, for from me and gave it to my three and she said that you know my three came in at like 1 30 in the morning by two o'clock this is already on her page and she said she was really excited and she was so sweet like I totally made a fool out of myself in front of my three like I gushed over her I fangirled over her you know this girl's like half my age and I was gushing like just non-stop spewing like all of this admiration for her and she was so graceful about it and I'm, I'm sure she is probably used to a lot of praise but really like truly that she is quite phenomenal in so many ways like she's remarkable for a person who is that age to have that kind of insight that kind of perspective that kind of maturity um, that kind of empathy for people, uh, you know, as a person who is a female minority in Hollywood, a lot of people, I assume, and I, I see, think twice before posting a lot of things, and, and with reason, you know, like, it's their career, I wouldn't judge them one way or another for posting or not posting about anything, but she is relentlessly unapologetically amazingly authentic like she she has her beliefs she has her stances and she she uses her platform to speak not only about you know issues for marginalized Tamil people in Sri Lanka but everywhere right she she doesn't even 
she doesn't even pick a side. Anyone who is suffering from injustice, I, I feel like I've heard her talk about just about every marginalized group. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Truly, she's, she's remarkable. Yeah, she uses her platform for good. And like I like uh, for those of you that like don't know, like we interviewed her for like TC <laughs> and this is before she kind of became, you know, the the well-known like everyone like have more of a household name. Maybe. But but I feel like the person, at least what I see on social media, seems like that same person that, you know, I got to briefly talk to that day. So that's pretty remarkable that you can kind of go through that kind of fame gain and you know still be yourself which is really hard yeah, to do I think huge right like yeah. never have I ever is uh, is a huge show on Netflix like people are waiting for season two so yeah so. yeah yeah she still seems pretty down to earth like even after I creepy like fangirled all over her she handled me with such kindness and grace and so much humility and she was so humble um yeah she's great that's amazing I, I mean mm -hmm. I, like you got to celebrate a win like that and on all your other wins I feel like yeah it, it's true and oh I think I made the comment about I think it was like I knew your goal oriented because I believe you used to share like these like this like, new white, no like your whiteboard list of like all the things you have to do and I remember like one of them was like clear the garage and like yeah. some, like four other things so yeah, yeah I think I think you put it out there that you're very goal oriented I think that's great I think yeah if you don't set goals you don't know um you don't have a direction so I don't think setting goals is bad, but I, I think agree. I'm the same way where I set goals. But once I hit them, I'm like, all right, let's just do the next thing. Yeah, we and just I, kind of move on, which is not good. It's not good. It's got to, you got to like enjoy it a bit more. So um, yeah. and, you should get into that habit too. I, oh, uh, oh, I'm bored of having Thumbel <laughs> Talk. Let me just move on to Thumbel Day. I'm bored of Thumbel Day. Let me just move on and start a podcast. Oh, right in the middle of pandemic. Oh, and I got twins and oh, like just. I'm bored. Let me just start something new out of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll clarify. I wasn't bored. Uh, the reason <laughs> I started the Telma Creator is I felt like one thing is I feel um, a goal of mine is, you know, we're talking about goals. A goal of mine has always been to create like a, a roundtable discussion type show, like for years. And I just sat on it and I was like, podcasts are here. Like, I don't need to do a roundtable right now. Let me just interview interesting people that I know. And I want to practice, um, creating content so that's why I started doing interviews or like coming up with questions because I feel like somebody said just try to create content as an exercise for a year so that you can learn to be more interesting or like learn how to communicate pieces of information in an interesting way to people so I was I like let me just go through this exercise yeah. Sorry, I think yeah. we talked about the the um the actors round table I feel like I sent you a link yes, like you, yes. you said yes no this is actually something I've had in the works right this is years ago yes yes so yeah, I just sat on it I just sat on this it for a while yeah so, I remember that so eventually I'm envisioning like all the interesting people I talk to say it's like you or like somebody else I'm like oh I think Tanya and this person and me in a room or like in yeah. a virtual room would have an interesting discussion about these topics so eventually totally. that's kind of like the next step in the Talmud creator oh, that's uh, awesome. And I feel like, you know, obviously I'm doing Talmud culture, but I'm doing the Talmud creator because I wanted something that I could do stuff with and not get in trouble or create trouble for like the main brand. Like, <laughs> so like, you know, I, I might say something or do something. I don't think yeah. I will, but you know, just yeah. that's kind of the reason for kind of doing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And, and I would say that, you know, going back to something I said earlier, you're filling a gap, right? Like, I don't yes. know too many um, I can think of maybe one or two max, no, probably just one other Thumbel podcast off the top of my mind. So that means it's like a gap, a huge gap, right? Like usually the podcast 
industry is very saturated. So yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, it's interesting because um, there is like somebody that I, I like, I know them, but I don't know them well. And okay. um, they had actually said, hey, we actually found your podcast by accident. I was like, what? Oh. How'd you find my podcast? They're like, oh, yeah. we're looking for Tamil podcast. So we typed in Tamil. And oh, I guess because they're based in Canada, they're like, your podcast was the top. And I was like, oh, that's oh, so wow. cool. So I mean, <laughs> you didn't even that, know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's like, it was like in Spotify. So the, like that for me was like a small win that I was like, that's huge. As soon as I found it, I was like, I like told Claudia already. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. So yeah. I, yeah. So anyways, that's that. I'm just sharing that with you. That's um, awesome. Something I want to dig, dig further into your business was, I'm sure people are curious and you can share whatever you like, but how long did it take you when you started your business to when you got your first sale? And like, you know, what are some of the goals you have revenue wise, or maybe not revenue, maybe like <laughs> share it in a way that you're comfortable sharing, but like some of your goals yeah. and then some of the challenges you faced, like during this, you know, starting the business to you're making sales now, but now it's like, it's your livelihood now. So yeah, talk about different. that. Yeah. Very different. So like from the start of my business to my first sale was probably like an hour, which is not, That's which crazy. is not, yeah, but but I don't think that goes to my credit or my entrepreneurial credit that goes to the fact that I already had an existing audience, right? Like, I don't think um, that would have been the case had I not had Tanya Yogananth on the page at that point, or had I not had a husband who has like a 30,000 following, you know? Um, I, I did really well sale-wise right in the beginning. The only problem with my product is that you cannot create in bulk ahead of time and then sell. Mm. So I have to amass orders first because every blanket is customized until now. Now we have a few non-personalized options as well because I had too many people coming to me that needed quicker turnaround than we could handle. And they're like, oh, I, I, I'm going to go visit a newborn baby. I want to give this. But, you know, your turnaround is like six weeks. I can't wait that long. I need something now. So we got a few, but I really want to concentrate on customization. And so, I mean, sorry, we, we, we get orders and then we send it to them. Right. And, and there's a big lead time in between. And in the world of Amazon Prime two day delivery, yes. nobody wants to wait six weeks to get something that they paid for now. And so that's a really hard thing. And the harder thing is that COVID really impacted me because um, we had issues with fabric and getting a hold of fabric. And when the first fabric came through, it isn't, it wasn't what I had ordered. <laughs> and so it pushed out um, a further delay. And I had this dilemma in initially of, do I just, create it on this fabric and hope for the best or do I push out another six weeks I think or maybe even closer to eight weeks actually um and and do it the way I wanted to do it and then that's what I did I waited the eight weeks I was and I totally am happy that I did it because first impressions are so important and I think if you settle on you can probably settle in other areas, but not on the quality of your product, because that is is what's going to drive people to reviews more than what people can, you know, people can buy online reviews, they can buy more star mm -hmm. ratings, they can buy, they can pay people to go on their site and leave reviews. But you can't 
by someone's word of mouth when they say it to their friend, like, oh my God, I received this and I love this, right? Like I can't go into those conversations and try to influence those beyond whatever they say. So those initial reactions are so important. And I, um, I know we live in a very digital world, but I will never downplay word of mouth. Word of mouth is hugely influential. And I think it's undervalued and underappreciated um, the amount of power and impact a truly satisfied review can do for your business. And um, I think I've gone off way, way off from what your initial question no, was. No, no, this is great. No, I was in a dig I'm trying to trace my steps back. But what was your initial question now? Um, I think it was like, you know, what are some of the goals you have for revenue or like maybe a goal that you're comfortable sharing that's like numbers? I feel like people like hearing numbers. People and, like al- hearing- and also I think around challenges like you, I want to come back to it eventually, but that challenge you mentioned of in the world of Amazon Prime with two-day delivery, because we yeah. just... Meet- I just had a conversation with Claudia about this. Like, she's like, I love, she never used to use Amazon. Now she's like, I love Amazon. I know we're supposed to support the small businesses, but I love just getting my stuff in two days. Yeah. Right? So, so how do you compete? How do you compete? How do you compete against that with like, you know, a customization business where you might need four to eight weeks to kind of deliver? How do you do that? Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, now I remember what I wanted to say. And this, this is better for what you, you know, the people want. They want to hear about the, the nitty gritty business size yes. side of things, right? So the other problem is, let's say I get an order. It's let's say you order a blanket today, right? Okay. It's not like it doesn't take that long for your blanket to get made and turn around. Let's say I like my manufacturer can do it in about two to three weeks. So you should be getting it in half the time. The other problem you got to think about is manufacturers are not going to do your blanket one at a time as your blankets come in one at a time. They have minimum order quantities, right? You'll hear they they call them MOQs. And so you got to fulfill like I've had quotes from different manufacturers of like how many they will do for me in one batch. And so it's it's this constant kind of dilemma between, okay. I want to say less time, but if I say less time and I don't get enough orders in that time, I'm not going to fulfill my MOQ for my manufacturer. Mm. And then I'm going to have to give a very disappointing email to my customers, which I don't want to give. And I luckily have not had to give so far. But the only reason I haven't had to give that is because I leave a really big buffer in my turnaround time. But the problem with doing a really big buffer in a turnaround time is the Amazon conundrum, right? Like people want it now. So they're like, I don't want to wait eight weeks in order to get this. So screw you. You're not going to get my my sale. I'm going to go to Amazon or I'm going to go to the store that has my gift readily available. So I just lost a sale there. I could gain the sale if I lie or if I skew the truth a little bit. But that is business practice. I bleed myself out so that you don't have to bleed me. (laughs) A very, very bad practice. Because once you get that reputation, I feel like it's really hard to to, to take that tarnishment away. Um, So I am always, always under the mindset of under promise over deliver, right? A person is far happier if you say it's going to take eight weeks and it ends up taking seven weeks. Yes. Right? Even if you're one week earlier 
Or even if let's say you said it was five weeks and you ended up giving it in six weeks, they will still be pissed at you compared to if you just said eight weeks and yes. you gave it in seven. Yes. Do you know I what I mean? Yep. So, so yep. always, 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 if that, if that can be any advice, I, I, I realize, I recognize that under promising can seem disheartening because you might lose them. I remember even trying to convince Anu in the beginning, right? When we did our contracts for wedding photography, we, you know, we have turnaround time there, right? And the turnaround time is six months for him, right? And he's like, yeah, but I don't like Tanya, don't write six months. People don't like to hear six months, write three months, right? He's like, I do them within two or three months. So like, why are we going to write six months? I was like, just write six months. Because if you write six months and give it in three months, they're going to be so happy compared to if you write three months and give it in three months, right? It's Plus, true. if something fucks up, then you could still have time for it later, yeah. right? And he's like, yeah, but if other people are promising three months, like I might lose. It. I was like, then you lose it. But at least the ones who you have are really happy. And then they will go tell people who will also come to you. I was like, I, I, and, and that motherfucker <laughs> loves to go around telling people I have never gone over my photo, my turnaround time, you know, like other photographers might take forever or like, you'll hear bad stories about like not delivering this, not delivering that, whatever. And he loves to fly the back like, oh, well, yeah, the only reason that you ended up delivering everything on time is because you left yourself grace period. And that goes for everything right that goes for everything in your business whether you're trying to figure out your your profit margins your costs like if you think your cost is $50 add in another 20% because you know what I added in that 20% and I still underestimated my costs the yeah, amount yeah. of hidden fucking costs will kill you um, and your margins are not going to be as big as you think in the beginning you think your margins are going to be one thing um, and then they get cut because there's so many little things that came into play. And I know you're going to ask like what? So like, okay, blankets, right? Let's talk blankets. So there's like your fabric costs there. And, and that depends on your manufacturer. Like some people will have like their manufacturer just do everything. Some people are like, no, I want you to use my fabric kind of thing. And so you have your man, you have your fabric, you got your printing, you got some places charge for cutting and then sewing. Um, you have like labels that go onto your blanket because, because there are labeling acts. There's like the CTA, the, the Canadian Textile Labeling Act or CTLA or something. I don't know. But like you have to have certain things printed on your fabrics. Um, speaking of regulations, there's so many costs about like having an HST number, having um, registering your business, legalizing your name, getting a bank account. Um, there's, there's a lot of hidden costs. And then, so you get your blanket, um, then you have to put it inside a slip. You have to put in a thank you card or a product care card. Some people put in like a sticker on top, like all of those little things really start adding up. If you wrap it in tissue, some people get logos on their tissues, or, you know, if you're cheap, like me, you just buy the <laughs> tissue, you get a stamp and then you stamp your own tissue to make it look a little more legit. Um, you might get cards that you write on. Don't forget, do not forget about influencer packages. That cost me thousands of dollars in my launch. I did not pay any of the influencers, but their packages alone cost me thousands. 
Um, but I, yeah, I like, I, but I love the, but I love the idea of what you just said, though, which is, you talked about it for business, but I apply it for my personal life. I read an article that says happiness is the difference between expectations versus reality. And <laughs> it applies to business as well. Like for me, I try to set the expectations really low okay. uh, for myself personally and in business. Absolutely. And yeah. then if I beat those targets, like you said, if you, tell, if you tell somebody three months and you deliver three months, they're like, so what? Thanks so for doing what? your job. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if you tell them six months and you give them in three, give it to them in three months, they're so happy. So I, I, everything you said, even with your costs, like, like you said, there's so many things that kind of add up that you don't realize it, especially at the beginning. Like minuscule, right? Like you think it's so small. You're like, oh, well, it's, it's just an extra like 150 bucks. And that's, but you know, an extra 200 bucks that happens like 10 times over is a couple thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't like throwing out $2,000. I don't care, you know? And as you're talking about it, like, I realized what my question was because, you talk very confidently, like you said, like you have confidence. That's like maybe a superpower of yours. Um, but Hope it's mid- not arrogance, right? No, no. I mean, there's a fine line, but I don't think you crossed it, Leah. <laughs> Yet. Um, so the, the question I had was, hmm. you're confident, but obviously everybody has their insecurities. So oh. what are some things that you're you're insecure about? Um, why did I quit my job? <laughs> that was initial. And then like, it was so funny. So I talked about the gap and that like, I, I went on a dry spell for a while. And then it was like, when I came back, I came back hard, like whatever. It was like something just like a light switched. And then it just like, it made up for it. And then some, so thank God, knock on wood, I'm probably jinxing myself right now. <laughs> um, insecurities. I think because of my experience being public in the social media world one of my biggest insecurities is like what are they saying like what are like what are they saying about me Mm. um anytime you know it and and it's so silly right because um i i some people say what do you love about instagram and what do you hate about instagram one the 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 feature that i hate the most out of them about instagram is the fact that you can see how many people have shared your story <laughs> because oh, right, that, right. Right. I automatically assume people are just sending stories to their friends' DM and talking me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. is like my biggest insecurity because I was just like, well, if it was something nice, why wouldn't they just say it to me? Right? Like right. if it was something, but it's probably, it could be something good too, because I don't know about you, but I send DMs to like, I send stories to my friends all the time saying, oh my God, this is so smart. Oh my God, this is so creative. Oh my God, this is so cute. Oh my God. And when it's the kids, it's so easy to just dismiss it and be like, yeah, they probably just think, you know, they're jokes the kids say jokes and they think it's adorable or something like that but sometimes there's like these very obscure stories where I'm just like what on earth would there would the value be in sending this story to a friend and if I can't find any sort of value I'd be like yeah they're they're talking like that's all I can think of and so um I think that kind of insecurity is huge for me or like I, I don't want to say this term because I feel like it's thrown around a lot now, but I don't know um, how else to call it, but they call it imposter syndrome yes. that you will be, that you are so fearful 
that people are going to find out you're not as hot as you think you are. You're not, your blankets aren't that great. Or like, you know, like your products aren't as cool as, and like what happens when that day comes? I think that is like, um, envelops me some days. Uh, it really does. I, I, I get really caught up in that cycle of mentality of, what if what if people think that um these blankets aren't that great and like you know they invested money into this and i've scammed them out of their money then i feel it i was like nah that's stupid yo my blankets are no 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 like seriously right or like you know you make marketing materials like tiktoks and reels and stuff and they're like yeah she's not that funny or like do you know what i mean you get caught up in thinking that um at some points you're really confident you're like okay i am good at x y and z i'm terrible at a b and c um but maybe some days you start thinking maybe you're not that good at x y and z and it's just like a, a handful of people who have been lying to you <laughs> because you know you cook them food or you keep them alive and you sustain them and they have to say these things to you and you're not really that great right mm. and i think that's probably um one of my biggest insecurities now as a parent, I kind of, I, I can kind of like, <laughs> you're obviously a parent before me, but I was like, you launched the business, like after you became a parent, like I, I started stuff before and I was like, it was hard. I can't yeah. imagine how you did it after. So like, well, how, how you, are you doing it now? You, you started this while you have twins. How is that for you? But I feel like this is different. I feel like there's, it's almost like for myself, like you are selling products. Yeah. Versus me, like this is something whether like one person listens or like a thousand people listen, I'm going to be doing. So like I'm doing it for myself and I hope people obviously resonate and people have been resonating with it. But it's I feel like it's totally different than like launching a business where like you have to build a site that's a certain way that customers have like deliverables and deadlines. No, I can understand. But like that's not to downplay. Like you got twins, yo. How are you holding up? (laughs) How are you doing it? I would say well, you tell the people what they want to know. <laughs> All right. Um, I would say, like, I think we were talking about it before, but I think the first three to four months were understandably tough because these are our first kids. We didn't have <laughs> the benefit of like learning with a kid before this. So totally. we got, we got thrown into deep end with like two kids right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think after, but the thing is like both of our personalities were very process oriented. We're like, we're like, sleep is a big priority because we're like, sleep, if we don't get sleep, we, we've heard from other parents yeah. try to figure out how to get sleep. We're like, all right, let's just research and figure it out. So we made that a priority and like, it took us four months to like, get them to cooperate, but they finally started cooperating and knock mm-hmm. on wood, hopefully they continue cooperating. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say it's been challenging for sure. Um, some days I'm like, this is so repetitive, so boring, but then there's moments of like cuteness or they do something. And I'm like, okay, it's like a business. It's like, there's a lot of work for very little reward, Yeah. but I can see why people want to be like, um, I didn't, I guess I, I wouldn't like, no, I, I would have not understood what they're talking about until now that I've experienced it where I'm like, this is so hard. Why do people do it? But then, yeah. you know, like your daughter or your son, like do something funny or cute or they smile at you like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I can see why it's worth it. So you get Tamil people, like Tamil parents coming up to you be like, oh, you got one, one boy, one girl, you set. You yeah, they, I've heard the term 
I've never million heard dollar family. Yeah, million dollar family. I never heard that until I had Meenakshi, but I, okay. I only heard that then. Do you hear that? I hear that all the time, and I was like, yeah. I've never heard of this term before. And they're they, like, they, then they explained it to me, and I was like, oh, yeah. cool. Okay. Million dollar family, mom, dad, boy, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I was totally ready to have another boy, and I would have been. And people like when I was pregnant with Meenakshi, there was just like. Oh, hopefully it's a girl. And I was like, I don't know about you, but I love my first kid. If I had another one of my first kids, I'd be like, <laughs> and yeah. the amount of sass that that girl has. Like, you know? Oh, that's, that's my daughter for sure. Like, I'm, yeah. but, I, but I like that she has sass. I feel like yeah. that's going to be yeah. like a, it's She's like a strength. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, awesome. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So long story short, doing okay. But I mean, I feel like we're so Per, like there's things we complain about but like honestly i feel like i'm so privileged like i'm sure you I, I think you feel the same way where i'm so privileged where i could work from home like i have like a lot of the basics i can you know order amazon products two-day delivery i press a button with uber eats like, for too lazy to cook yeah you know like um, i open my door my condo door and like i see packages of food like it's yeah. crazy like it's yeah. like 100 percent. it's definitely difficult but i feel like also, I have, it could I have, have been a lot, a lot harder. It could have been a lot worse. So a lot worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll get into we'll touch on the subject really quickly. But I've you know we talk about you, you know, on the subject of taboo like subject matters. I feel like money is like that one thing that I feel like people in the Tamil community are like so uncomfortable talking about. I don't uh, think it's just the Tamil community. I think just people in general don't talk about money. But I feel like I've I've read a lot of articles where like entrepreneurs or like people they freely talk about money. Because I feel like the viewpoint of money is, I, I look at it as a tool. Like, I don't feel like, obviously, you don't talk about how much you have or like rub it in people's faces, but it's like money is a tool at the end of the day. It's like a capture of like somebody, ca- somebody like really phrased it well. I think it's like units so of So, how time. much you make out of it then? I'm not going to talk about that. Ah. Not the, I, don't, I, I don't make that much. I mean, I, but, but, but I invest well. So, that also. Okay. Uh, so, how do you feel about money? Um, how easy, you know, how is it talked about within your household, with your circle of friends? And, you know, at a high level, like what kind of things do you invest in? You know, just share whatever you're comfortable. So straight up, I am one of those people who is absolutely like, I'm super good. So remember how I said, I'm really confident. I'm really real about like what my strengths are and what my reasons are just as much as I will toot my own horn about how organized I am, how thorough I am, how like dedicated I am, how working at, I am the worst. Like I'm the biggest noob when it comes to adult financial literacy. Mm. Don't ask me question about investments. Don't ask me questions about taxes. Don't ask me to like uh, pensions, RSPs, RES, like all of those. It's just like, what do- like what documents do I need to just sign and hand over? Just like, don't screw me over is what I want to tell someone. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Um, terrible. I am terrible with that. Real money, like right in front of me, I can manage it. I can save it. I can budget it. I can do all those things, but like, like investments, like when, when we had to do our mortgage, I was like terrible. And I think it's just because I have zero interest. I think when I'm interested, I like to research, I like to find out or whatever, but investments, mortgage rates, like why do you all, think you have why do you think you have like no interest in any of I don't them? know why I just okay. don't I just mm. don't like I've always 
I've always just not been interested, but I really think that it would be beneficial to teach financial literacy in high schools. Like, I don't know why they aren't talking to you more about investments or about how to do your taxes about like, dude, I'm 35 this month, like next, this week, what day is it? It's the 19th in five days, five five days, days. I'm turning 35. Like, I still don't know how to do my taxes. My mom did my taxes up till now. And (laughs) only this year, I'm like looking for someone because like, I just want someone who has had experience in e-commerce is my first time. I want to make sure like I've done everything or getting everything back that I can get back. I still haven't done my taxes April 19th. Um, But I'm like the worst. I have like zero interest. Um, Even when, okay. So even when I quit my job, they were telling me about how, like HR was telling me about how I can go of my life insurance policy that they have at the thing and how I can continue at the same plan, but they can transfer stuff over, like just all right over my head. I don't know, like none of it computes. I have no idea. All I did was go up to other people at my office before and be like, which plan am I supposed to do? And they're like, do this one and and top up your payment that you put in so that the company will match even more or something like that. And I just signed the paper blindly trusting like (laughs) co-workers that I truly trust. I was just like, okay, they won't steer me wrong. And I just signed it. I was just like, here, take it. Um, So yeah, I am positive that I have not fully uh, capitalized on our savings because they are not invested well um, at all. And so um, that needs to really change. And uh, I have no idea and I have no interest in, in stuff like this. Luckily, Anu does. He has some of our funds invested. You, I could pull him in on the call. <laughs> about it. No, I'm always, but, I'm just super fascinated by that because I feel like um, the reason I'm fascinated with money now is that two things I think up, up to like maybe seven years ago I was horrible with money like yeah. my credit score is horrible um, I started my entrepreneurial like as a result of that I made some bad decisions just because I was yeah. very new and number two I think is because uh, even though it's funny because I say that but even when I was younger I probably had a head start on financial literacy because my parents didn't really like have strong English they, like my dad like obviously knew enough to kind of run a business but yeah I had to, I had to help them with what like he uh he do you know um the samosa hut or samosa oh, king yeah. samosa king oh yeah, yeah 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 so the restaurant that's beside it isn't that is, like right in the same plaza as Bobby? no uh samosa king is at middlefield no, it's at middlefield and finch, yeah, finch yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they have a restaurant beside that they bought that that restaurant used to be my dad's restaurant it was called oh, no. It was called Rico Restaurant or something. I don't even know why oh, no. I called it that. Um, so I used to have to help, like not help, but like interpret things like from a mortgage perspective when we oh, bought wow. our house or like look at taxes. Like I had to learn that stuff when I was a young age. So I understood it, but yet I still made horrible decisions like seven, eight years, up to seven, eight years ago. Uh, so I'm just very curious because I'm very fascinated with something called FIRE. Have you heard okay. of FIRE? I know the fire festival by like Ja Rule where they scammed a whole bunch of people. And this is a that, different, similar is a, to that. Like it's like, FYRE. it's a completely different fire. So 
fire is a uh, financially independent retire early so okay. what that means is like basically you live your use use your money in a wise enough way where you cut your expenses yeah and you basically try to get to a point where retirement like the golden a- age is it freedom 50 freedom 55 for me freedom- for yeah. me it's 45 yeah I like but that. but but it's not like retiring like what people say where like you're doing nothing it's like no. this guy still have to work yeah but, but I, get I'll to, be I get to choose that. like like where you like you quit your job and like you're like you have the ability to kind of take this risk to kind of do your business yeah. i want to basically i'm like you know i'm like 50 percent of the way there in the sense that i get to choose what i want to do every day like i wake yeah. up and time is the currency that's most important to me where so like I'm just anyways that's like a whole like topic and I was like thinking about so wait do you work full time aside from all of the independent businesses no I so I focused on my business um, continue care uh, it's like a healthcare business that's what I do full time okay. okay and and you own that business me and another person own the okay. got it, got it. nice um, and then um, I work on Tamil culture as like a passion project but it's trying to make that eventually into something I can do full time yeah. yeah. Because uh, obviously, like you said, I'm the Tamil guy, uh, <laughs> Tamil dating, Tamil culture. The Tamil culture. Um, I love what I do for like, I love the result of that like endeavor, yeah. which is I get to meet interesting people. Yeah. Um, you know, we, the dating site potentially help people connect that otherwise wouldn't connect. So it's just really connections and relationships are what, what are important to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I talked a lot. I was, meant, I was trying to get you to talk a lot. So let's get you to talk about your personal legacy. So in terms of your personal legacy, in a few sentences, like how would you want your, how would you want to be remembered by your friends and family? That's where what I said before kind of comes back to creep up on me, right? Like you, everyone obviously wants to be remembered in a positive light, but anytime I think of something that I want to be remembered by, it's like, no, you don't deserve that. Or no, you, you're not like this sounds like a pity party right now, but it's like, you're not worthy of being remembered in that way. Or like you fucked up in this and you did this and you did this. How can you, how dare you want to be remembered in any sort of way in this way, right? So I don't, I don't like, like, oh, you don't watch, do you watch Parks and Rec? No, I don't. Oh my God, Adam, you- you Wait, wait, was that that with Aziz? Was that with Aziz? Was that with Aziz? I always confuse (laughs) the two, okay yeah oh i didn't watch that no but i watched (laughs) but i watched uh, master of none which i really enjoyed so master of none yeah that was good um uh in that show ron swanson i forget his real name right now but whenever he makes speeches about people they're always like purely facts so i would just rather like he's like this is a person we are all here to celebrate them let us do that and then he like do it like I think that's the only way I can be remembered and probably not feel <laughs> uncomfortable about it <laughs> okay so you feel uncomfortable yeah. about it eh? yeah I definitely do but um that actually brings me to one of my favorite quotes which is by Hemingway and it says a man dies two deaths in his life the first time when he's buried in the ground and the second time when his le- when his name is last said Oh, that's good. And then he says, in some ways, a man can be immortal, which is so true, right? Which brings me to like, when SP Balasubramanian passed away last year, I was like, devastated. I've never been impacted by a celebrity death. Like, Mm. I'll be like, yeah, that's sad. But that's just as much as like someone else to me. But when he died, I like 
did not expect it, but I like, I crumbled. I cried for days and days over it. And, but it made me really think about that quote and like his music is going to be played for like in the rest of time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in that way, like as cliche as it sounds, he truly will continue living on, right? Like he has a record number amount of songs done and things like that. So yeah. So anyways, I don't know why I brought that. Oh, because we're talking about legacy and things yes. like that, right? I don't know if I want people to talk about it every <laughs> time. Maybe we'll just like cover the casket and be done. Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to go in a casket though. I want to okay. be cremated Mm-mm. compose uh, decompose or what's that like that yeah, new trend, like, that, that new trend the like tree the, thing yeah 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 okay. I want to be a tree I want to do that too yeah yeah like I I just think I'll I'll donate my organs you know yeah. like make use of whatever you can like if it can help someone I'm not doing anything with it so take whatever you can uh just put a picture at the funeral and then uh whatever is left just squish it up into that little pod and then like if a tree is there I mean unless a condo developer comes and knocks <laughs> it down otherwise like I I would much rather my kids bring their kids to a tree and be like oh you know like your grandma is buried under yeah. here then going to a, like a morbid graveyard yeah. like that's me personally see that's gonna sound judgy now people people who no, no, have their graveyards already plotted and like mapped out and stuff are gonna be like what's she trying to say about me i think i feel like that's like such a a trend not a trend but i feel like the tree pot no, no, not the, not the oh. tree pod. The fact that <laughs> the what you just said. Well, yeah, what you said about kind of, I feel like people, it's a lost art of people being able to disagree in like a, in a good way. Or like, yeah, in like a civil manner where like you can still be friends or like whatever relationship yeah. you had. I feel yeah. like it's such a lost art. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think, uh, I think I saw a meme about that where it's just like, I prefer apples to oranges. And then they're like, the other yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so what? Now you're saying you hate oranges? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> like, yeah. who, who are, like, what are we talking about? I feel like I already know your answer to this. I always ask this to everybody. Mm. But this is the, the last question of the serious round. Oh, okay, the serious round. What's a piece of advice that you would give to your aspiring or fellow Telmo creators? I feel like I already know the answer. You know why you know the answer? Because it's the same answer that everyone gives. No, right? no, no. We're going to say it on three. One, two, three. Confidence. Just... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We had different answers. <laughs> I thought you were going to say confidence. I thought you said. No, no, okay. not having confidence. No, you can still be unconfident, but you okay. got to start, right? Yes, like, yes. If you don't fucking start, nothing's going to happen. So yes. I got my idea in November of 2019. And I've waited to start, but I didn't wait that long. I, I, started like really started in January. That's oh, so two months. months. Yeah, that's not bad. I sat on it for two months before I started. But that sitting is like real waste of time because you don't even know what you don't know until mm. you start. And man, you don't know a lot. Like yeah. that when oh when you're starting up a business, there's so much you don't even know. And um and you won't know that until you start, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's it's a cycle. So if you start, then you realize, okay, I got to like register my business. And then you, or like you, you, I need to open up a bank account. Okay. Go open up a bank account. Well, did you register your business? No. Did you register <laughs> your name? No. Did you do this? Did you fill out this tax form? Did you fill out this and this? They're like, nope, nope. And all these things that you didn't, you might've known you need to uh, 
start a, open up a bank account, but you didn't know about these five other things you need to do. Right. And yeah. without starting, you ain't never going to know that. Or like you want to start a website. Oh, well, did you register for your domain? No. Did you do, did you get a host or something like that? Like, <laughs> no. like, whatever those things are, right? Like all of these things you didn't even know that are expenses or just things that you yep. have to do all only come up after and so sitting around and dreaming about what your site could be and would be doesn't really matter until you really just start you said you said the what other people have said but i like the way you said it <laughs> yeah thank you i think you're just being nice you have to be nice though i'm a guest on your show you got to be nice right you're right i was just being nice i'm just kidding <laughs> um so that can kind of concludes like the serious part of the uh the but mm -hmm. i think it was still fun i think it was fun but now we're getting I, to... I oh, did you think that was fun? I thought that was Maybe fun. Maybe it was fun for you. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> um, so I had a game called Would You Rather, and I'm going to still use that, but this is called Creator Confessions. So I want to ask you a few questions. It's, okay. it's meant to be like a speed round. So Speed round. Okay, first thing that comes to mind. Exactly. So okay. favorite Tamil food? Amma sapar. Like a meal. Can I say the meal? Yeah, like, sure. Say the meal. Soru, soru. Uh, poricha mean, uh, mean kulambu, but with the kulambu put on top yes. of the poricha mean. But th that's different from poricha mean kulambu because that like sits in urus inside the kulambu. No, no, no. We need the poricha mean and then we put the kulambu on top. Uh, beetroot curry, kira curry, turam parapu uh, with pudalangai in it. And um, I need mormulahai and I need some sort of salad. So it could be like carrot sambal, takali sambal, vangaya sambal, achar, it doesn't matter, katrikai sambal. I will take anything. It has to be one. And I need, need, need rasam. Wow, that was wow. very specific. Okay. <laughs> that's like my last meal. Like if I'm going to. I feel like that's what it sounded like. Yeah. That's yeah, that's my last meal. I need it all. And it has, yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite show you're watching? Does it have to be new? No, or it doesn't like have to be new. Of all time would be the mm, Game of Thrones up to season six finale or um, The Office up to season six finale. <laughs> um, fellow Telmo creator, you want to give a shout out to? Ooh, um, there's a few, but do I have to pick one? No, you can give give them all. Okay. Um, uh, Kitchen Gorilla, who is fantastic. Yes. Honey, yeah. let's eat. She's a food blogger. She's amazing. Uh, Tia Buva, who is phenomenal, great entrepreneur. Yes. Um, very inspiring story. Like she's fantastic. Um, those. Okay, I'll I'll stick with three for now. I love it. Yeah. Favorite childhood memory. Like when people ask you about memories, I have such specific stories, and now I just. I feel like they're either embarrassing or like sad or like angry. Um, I'm trying to think of like, like my favorite memories are just with my cousins. They were all boy. They're all boys. And I was like one girl in like a midst of 10 to 12 cousins that were around the same age. Um, but all of my happy memories are kind of in and around them. And just like, whether we're playing like soccer, baseball, or how we had sleepovers for all of summer break together, or, um, you know, we did cottage trips, we did, we went to Virginia, we went, like, I think there's a lot of little memories, but there's not one really that stands out where it was like, or Christmas break, where 
every, like my dad's in a family of six and every family hosted their own Christmas party and every kid, I mean, I was a girl, so I didn't get a hundred dollar video game, but the boys <laughs> loved getting their games. Cause like SNES game back then was a hundred dollars. And it's crazy that like our parents with whatever little they had still provided us such like expensive, costly gifts. And now like, I don't see the same way, like maybe kid parents spending on their own kids has become a bit more frivolous, but I feel like for other kids, it's not as much as in, as in, in, in ratio to what our kid, what our parents spent. Um, I think, I don't know if it's like more logic around it, Nora, or rationale around it now. And maybe back then they're just like, who else is it all for other than yeah. for them? And like, you know, we struggle so that they can be happy. So let them be happy. But man, with the little means that they have, our parents truly gave us so much. Like, great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my favorite memory is like kind of all of them, as bad as that sounds. It's a terrible answer for you. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all gold. Uh, pet peeve. In what? <laughs> Where shall I begin? <laughs> um, uh, in what? Like, seriously, in, like, just in general, like, I don't like crusty stuff at the top of a ketchup bottle. And I don't like nail scratching on the wall. But if you get real specific, I can give you tons of answers of stuff that pisses me off. <laughs> what, I'm what highly you... irritable. <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't you pick one? um okay so you know how i said like no because this is gonna see this is gonna get me in trouble later this is gonna get me say in something trouble. that won't get you in trouble oh but then the the next question <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a good answer um age you want to retire by ah so i had other financially related goals that I cannot unfortunately speak. oh we didn't even talk about the milestones that we wanted to talk about but that's okay I don't think that's I got into the the, the juicier ones but that's okay uh, um age that I want to retire by I would like when I say retire I mean retire the way you said retire I still yeah. kind of want to work I don't think I, I'll be bored at home right if I just dip out but age where I could let's say if I continued her son and stars which I may not like I dude I started one business and built it to be a successful beast and once like that was done I was like okay let's just start another one maybe I'll start another one and I have no problem with that but um if if we're just talking about her son and stars let's just say that's it mm -hmm. and I want to just like step back like my idea of retirement for that would be living comfortably being able to provide for my parents and my in-laws, um, give a, a chunk of the money back to causes that I feel are important and have a nest egg. Like I, I, I would be one of those summer parents who still pays for their kids like tuition and all that stuff. I know like there's, there's differing views on that. And I see validity on, on making kids pay for their own, because I think at least in my personal experience, my parents paid for mine and I, like part of me feels like maybe if they didn't, I would have taken things a little more seriously and been less for my phone is like going nuts. What is happening? Anyways. Um, uh, but I feel like maybe part of me thinks that I took advantage, um, you know, shamefully, guiltfully 
um, of, of that sort of generosity. And maybe if it was me working hard from and using my own money, I would have taken school a bit more seriously, or I would have, um, you know, whatever it is, studied a bit harder, been a bit more organized, gone to the library to study <laughs> a bit less, you know what I mean? And actually studied at home. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will be probably one of those parents who still gives everything to their kids and pay for their wedding. And that. so considering all of those things are like taken care of, I would say like between 40 and 45, I would love to be able to um, be financially sound in the sense of all of those things would be taken care of. And I would be able to just step back and be like, you know what, I want to launch this product for her sun and stars. And then the minions would get to work. Yeah. And then, you know, um, and I would want to launch this product and just kind of say it and just oversee it. But again, knowing me, I love the nitty gritty. Like I'm, I'm one of those lame, I was even talking to um, Tia actually this week and I was talking to her about how like, uh, how much I love the, she, she, she did a story post about how um, she, she fulfilled an order after a really long time. And I was like, oh my God, I, I'm probably, and she's just like, that's not her favorite thing to do. She loves looking at, you know, developing products and this and that or whatever. I was like, no, I like, I, it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. I love the monotony. I love the mundane. I love just like packing an order and just seeing them all lined up on the table, all neat and done afterwards. So I do like the nitty gritty. I feel like even when I retire, I would still probably be very hands-on, which is bad. But I'm, I, well, I mean, to each their own. Yeah. I get so 40 to 45. Okay. 40 to 45. So far, I've done like my other, I have other goals and so far, so good. So I haven't really even thought about retirement. So until this question, maybe I'll do some numbers tonight and realize maybe 40 to 45 is too ambitious or not ambitious enough. I don't know. We'll have to run those numbers, but off the top of my head, yeah, 40 to 45. Okay celebrity whose life you'd want to experience for one day can i re can i reframe that question but still give you like a cool answer sure okay so i was talking to anu last week and i was like you know one moment where i would really want to be a fly on the wall like when Aya rahman was making 90s songs I don't want to be, I don't want to see a documentary about it. Because if you see a documentary, he knows that cameras are in there. You're not seeing it as genuinely as it's unfolding. I want to be a fly on the wall when he made like the first one, when he made Kadal Rojave. I want to be in that room when he gave like SPB that melody and been like, I want you to sing it like this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I want to be in that room. Got That's it. what I want. I like that answer. Yeah. The final one is a mm. PSA that you want to leave our audience with. Make it count. No. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. <laughs> no, don't doubt yourself. I think I think that's like the like if we're talking about creators and people who are I think people who are listening to this are interested in entrepreneurship. Like don't I think that's the biggest thing that I come across people who just like really doubt themselves. They're like, I don't know if I can do it or I don't know. Well, you're not gonna know unless you try, right? Um save up because it's going to cost more than what you think it's going to cost um live within your means uh that that means a lot of different things that's not just financially like your means of your energy the means of your effort right like don't overspend yourself because that is like the surefire way to burn out which is 
you know, everyone will go there and, and go through that. But the less you go there is the better. And I think that was another main reason why I quit my job. You know, all of these are supposed to be short answers, but I guess I can't just give a short answer to anything. I'm so sorry. That's, that's what happens when you're an influencer, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give a short answer, but like, yeah, I think that was another reason why I I was working my nine to like why I quit because I was working my nine to five and my son is doing virtual school. My daughter is two years old. She's still at home. I, uh, you know, it's stressful. It's time consuming. Uh, and and then I was like working like, okay, so you'd work on your nine to five during the day. And like, we are fortunate enough to have help. But my son was beside me the whole time that he is in school. And we tried and, you know, he's in kindergarten, they need a lot of like supervision to stay still and like look at a screen, right? They, they shouldn't even be looking at a screen for like five, six hours a day. But that, you know, that that's the reality of our situation right now. Kids need social interactions, they need to be with people and they, they don't want to sit down for that long at a time. So it's really hard to keep him looking straight for that much time. Um, we even tried putting him into another room. And then I got a letter from the teacher <laughs> saying, oh, I noticed that Arjuna was in another room today. I just wanted to let you know that he took like some toys and he was like flashing lights at the camera to the other kid. He was making faces right at the camera. He was like playing with the buttons and all these things. And I was just like, see, you can't even like <laughs> try to separate your work from, from that, right? And so, you get that in the morning and then like as soon as work is done you have hours where you have to like actually play with your kids and like raise them and then feed them and bathe them and get them ready for bed and read to them and then it's like 10 o'clock and or like 9 9 30 and then you're like okay let's start my side hustle and I was working to like 2 30 3 a.m multiple days like weeks at a time um that when I actually quit is when I started going to bed at midnight and my body just couldn't function that way. Like it would wake up in the middle of the night. It was, I'm still not back to it. Like not even when I quit, but once, once I actually handed in my two weeks, I basically like checked out of my job if I'm being very honest. And, you know, I just didn't, um, I didn't really, uh, I, I, I didn't stay up long. I would go to bed at midnight, but I couldn't. I would wake up like four hours later and I wouldn't be able to go to sleep and then fall asleep two hours after that. And then you're grumpy when you actually wake up. And uh -huh. it's awful. But do you want to ask the question again so I could just give you a short answer and then you can end it off nicely? What was the question again? I feel like there's some good gems. I feel like <laughs> I want to have to get some bloopers out of this. Um, <laughs> the question was a PSA that you wanted to leave your audience with. Okay, so never doubt yourself okay. and save a lot, um, budget well, um, whether that's your money, uh, whether that's your time, whether that's your energy and your effort and your heart, you know, like people will overspend things and then you end up getting burned out. And that is something every entrepreneur or even person probably goes through. And just try and minimize that as much as possible. I like that answer. You know, that kind of concludes the questions, Tanya. I think you were an awesome guest. I think people are going to enjoy it. I think you said a lot of stuff that, you know, guys, you're going to hear the edited version of this. I think this is one of the few podcasts where I think we'll have to edit a few things as per Tanya's request. And then we'll have to kind of see what we can keep in.
but I think it was awesome. There's so many learnings. Uh, Tanya has a really interesting story. She's an interesting person. Um, so for those of You're you, interesting too. Thank you. you but are, it's not about I'm not me. I'm it's not about, but it's not about me. It's about you. So don't try to deflect. <laughs> um, so for those, you know, for the people that are listening that mm. want to connect with you, pick your brain, just give you like a nice message like you did to my tree. You're their celebrity. Uh, <laughs> how do they do that? What's the best way to connect with you? Um, they can, you know, I, I'm pretty interactive on my DMs. That's at Tanya Yoganathan, T-A-N-Y-A dot Yoganathan, Y-O-G-A-N-A-T-H-A-N. Or you can find me at hersunandstars.co. So it's her son, H-E-R-S-U-N-A-N-D-S-T-A-R-S dot C-O um, on Instagram. Or you can just send me an email. You can find all of that on my Instagram as well. Awesome. And before we go, just a quick, you know, admin task. So uh, for those of you listening, please give this podcast a five out of five. It really helps increase increase your visibility on whatever platform you're listening to. So whether that's Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And if you could comment, share, and like our stuff on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, that would be great. And if you have any feedback or ideas on future guests or even topics, please reach out to me at hello at the telmocreator.com. So thank you again, Tanya. And uh, I think people are going to enjoy this one. I hope so. Awesome. Uh, And thank you so much. Thank you. And for those of you listening, look forward to the next one. Mm -hmm. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.